Volvo apologist, fighter jet mechanic, craft beer lobbyist, fermentation aficionado, broccoli eater, professional high-fiver, cruise ship crooner, local news junkie, yeast hype man, nickname magnet, human farmer's almanac, recovering media junkie, analytical ambivert, kick puncher, distinguished bearded fellow, maple syrup smuggler, semi-professional pirate, (laughs) and the the list goes on and on. Wouldn't you like a job title like one of those? You know, Julia, I'd actually like a new title. How about CPO, Chief Podcasting Officer? Can you update our business cards? Sure, I'll get right on that after this episode. One of our biggest takeaways from meeting the minds behind Monday Night Brewing is the spirit of fun and purpose, which they incorporate into their entire business. On today's show, the story behind the launch of an Atlanta brewery, how three friends turned a Bible study group into an award-winning beer company. Go behind the scenes with us to hear Monday Night Brewing's past, present, and future. You're listening to Peach and Prosperity. I'm Julia, and that's my dad, Jeff. We're a duo telling stories of Atlanta founders. This episode actually begins two years ago on an airplane, of all places. This sounds familiar. So, Dad, do you remember when Grandma used to exit an airplane and introduce us to her new friend that she met on board? She always said, you never know who you're going to meet, so always talk to your neighbor on the airplane and wear your lipstick. Well, I definitely took that advice to heart, except for the lipstick part. And about two years ago, I had a conversation with a friendly Southern lady on a flight from New York City to Atlanta. I confided in her that I was hoping to move back home, and she offered lots of fun updates on how exciting life in Atlanta is. And at the top of the list was Monday Night Brewery. She was friends with the founders. From that conversation, fast forward, and we wind up interviewing the founders. Julia even managed to reconnect with her airplane buddy for this episode. I have her to thank for planting the seed, or for the sake of this episode, we'll say hops. We visited Monday night's first location on the west side of Atlanta on a hot June afternoon. We started with Jeff Heck looking at the wall of memories. So we started brewing in the fall of 2006, and the reason was that we... We're all in a small group Bible study that met on Friday mornings. There were about 10 guys. And we're sitting talking about the meaning of life and about the nature of the universe and the character of God. And we need to get to know each other better. So we started brewing beer on Monday night. Pretty soon we were brewing more beer than a Bible study and good conscience could consume by itself. So we started inviting neighbors and friends and coworkers. Then we ventured on a brief tour of the brewery where we learned how their beer is made. The space was loud. So listen closely because it gets noisy. This is called the brew house. It's where the beer actually gets brewed. Beer production is really about getting sugars from grains into dissolved in water, and then that provides that sugar was for yeast. Cool. It was really cool to see how the beer is made. By the way, if you're interested in going on a tour, check out Monday Night Brewing's website. Our final stop, the fridge. We have to admit, it felt pretty good to step inside. It's like about 41 degrees right now. Cold enough. Feels great on Atlanta summer day. Then we made our way to sit down with Jeff. We were joined by one of his other founders, Joel Iverson. The final founder, Jonathan Baker, is currently on sabbatical. 
On our tour, Jeff gave us a taste of how they got started. So we asked Joel for his take on how the brewing began. We were in a Friday morning 6 a.m. Bible study together, and we realized that 6 a.m. on Friday mornings is not a great way to actually hang out, especially when you're not a morning person like me. <laughs> and my wife had gotten a home brewing kit for me for my birthday, and Jeff had just gotten one as well. So we kind of stumbled into saying, how about we brew a batch of beer on a Monday night? Over the years, they've made Atlanta their home. Random guy, guy who grew up in Japan, a dude who grew up couple different countries and with Jeff and then Jonathan who grew up in Tennessee and went to Emory and we're all transplants but we all really I think shared a love and a passion for this city and really for saying there is so much happening in Atlanta and we make beer but there actually I think is there's a bigger purpose to what we're doing and how we're trying to do it be a part of you know, helping shape this city into what it becomes and what it is and how it lives out this sort of identity of who is Atlanta. We love Atlanta. We've all sunk such deep roots here and have such a love for the city that we can't imagine our lives, I think, outside of it. For us, it started with just being members of this community. We all moved to the west side of Atlanta to help start a church with a vision to be a local parish model church that was in our neighborhood. That's informed how we think about doing everything we do, and our business is no exception. Finding ways to be active parts of of our neighborhood. From this start, the founders have built Monday Night Brewing in fun directions, taking it from side hustle to a career. What was inspiring about moving it forward from kind of a hobby to a business was relationships was seeing people connecting in meaningful ways over the beer. Seeing that happen over what was this beautiful combination for me of art and science. Kind of both a right-left brain kind of person. So I loved the creative process of tasting and tweaking and also the scientific process of running a spreadsheet. And then to see all of that stuff come together and then people just enjoying one another over beer and having a great experience in my home, which hospitality has always been a big part of my wife and my life. All those things coming together was really inspiring. And we thought together, really, how can we make this bigger? How can we do this more? And that was really the inspiration for us of taking it to the next level. This year, Monday Night Brewing celebrates its seventh anniversary. They are part of an exciting wave in the American economy that The Atlantic has dubbed strange and extraordinary. This rise in popularity of the craft beer movement celebrates local, and it's a major shift in an industry that's over 200 years old. The second wave of craft beer was starting to get going, and personally, I I was excited about. There just weren't as many options out there, and so it actually, I think, homebrewing at the time was really a way to say, hey, you know, there's a lot of beers that just aren't even distributed in Georgia. Experiment and learn and taste new things you can't necessarily even get in this state at the time. I was maybe a little more of a beer junkie than you. I love just trying different beers. We were starting to see this emerging craft industry, especially that a lot more roots in the West Coast, the Northeast, was beginning to slowly make its way to the South. In a lot of ways, it was an opportunity to brew the kind of beers that we wanted to drink because there weren't a whole lot of options. As a business has grown over the past seven years, take a listen to what they make now. So currently we have six 
core beers, call them the year-round beers in our portfolio. We have the Drafty Kilt Scotch Ale, which was one of our original recipes. Fu Man Brew, which is a Belgian wit beer that has some ginger in it. I grew up in Japan. I wanted to put wasabi and soy in there as well, but Jonathan and Jeff kind of said, no, just the ginger. We have Slap Fight, which was an India Pale Ale. Blind Pirate, which is an India Pale Ale that has blood orange juice in it. Dr. Robot, which is a blackberry lemon sour. Han Brolo, which is our a pale ale, but with sort of some newer brewing methodology. So it has lactose in it for some sweetness. ton of dry hops that give it a lot of the floral aroma. This year, we will also brew around 100 different beers on our small batch system that will be available in the tap room and at our second facility, the garage. We, over the last two years, have had a huge increase in the amount of experimentation and innovation that we've invested in. And so we're brewing new stuff that's kind of on the fringes and borders of what's happening in beer on a weekly basis, which is really, really fun. Takes us back to the garage days. The founders have a deep commitment to philanthropy. When they opened their new location, Monday Night Garage, in 2017, they went all out with a project called 100K in 100 Days. To say, how can we give back as we open this new facility? And we we don't have a lot of money, but we do have full spaces. We've got great beer and great staff and we said hey what if we could help start up nonprofits, use our space to host an event all of a sudden it became the critical moment for them and their because they didn't have twenty thousand dollars to go rent this class a venue and put on a nice fundraiser but they also needed a space cast their vision of what they were doing and there's so many good organizations in our city doing great work so we ended up saying hey we're going to give away the space the beer and the staffing to help nonprofits. our goal was a hundred thousand dollars in the first hundred days ended up raising two hundred eighty thousand dollars across 30 organizations within the first 70 or 80 days they also support a program they've dubbed micro brews for micro loans they decided to try to set out to make a beer with an ingredient from a micro loan recipient and they partnered with an entrepreneur in the Dominican Republic to source honey. After a long road, which you can read about in a heartfelt blog post from Joel on their website, they released Micro Honey. The cool part about it is that $1 per pint from this draft-only beer is being donated back to the community of microloan entrepreneurs in the Dominican Republic. So, what advice do they have for founders anywhere? There's a lot of people that say just don't have partners. It's the worst thing ever to have partners. I could not have imagined doing this without Jeff and Jonathan and in so many ways because we're so different from each other and we bring such unique perspectives and skills and just you know 10 plus years and other careers where we saw just many different things and we've learned how to kind of wrestle through decisions in a way that moves the business forward that's been just such a gift and pretty cool to see we would be a train wreck if any one of us had been responsible from things from the beginning the only way it's worked is that we have done it together. And the thing we've learned early on before we even launched the business was how to fight well. You can't be partners in something where you're co-signing on banknotes and not know how to fight well. And we, we've learned how really to work through issues and work through conflict while preserving our friendships. And we're closer now than we were 15 years ago. And that's a, a huge gift. As we talked with Jeff and Joel, it was clear that what's kept them together is a focus on what matters. It starts with one of our core values, which is have fun. We start with just forgetting about anything that looks like 
marketing mumbo jumbo or focus groups and just say what would be funny and entertaining to us. That's our starting point is we got into the beer business not because not to make money, not to to make a big name for ourselves, but because we enjoyed it. It was fun. In a lot of ways, naming a beer is one of the most fun things that you can do in owning a brewery. We do filter like everything through our purpose statement, which is we exist to deepen human relationships over some of the best beer in the country. And everything we do, that's the filter that we look at it through. Are we making really great beer and are we putting people first and relationships first in the midst of everything we do? Along the way, they've deepened their connection to the city and all that it has to offer. What I love about Atlanta is it's so incredibly diverse. It represents so many different intersections of people and walks of life. And and it's dynamic and it's changing and it's growing. And there's races and classes and education levels and socioeconomics and immigrants. And it's this place that represents a melting pot where things are sort of coming together. And also a lot that we want for the city that is is not that it's not yet there a lot of division and so the first thing i think for us that we have to acknowledge is like is have a posture of humility which is we cannot through our roles as individuals or as brewery owners change the city of atlanta so the question then becomes well, what's my role what's the small part that i can play in the places where i've been embedded as a family member as a neighbor business owner as a friend as a parishioner, as a voter. And in all those things, I think that there are so many opportunities to engage with really tough questions and really in a city that seems at the forefront of a lot of the tensions that characterize our country right now. And it's not easy and it's not cut and dry, but it's a privilege to be a part of the conversation at all. But it starts with having a disposition of humility. We just make beer. So how do we do our small part in facilitating good, healthy, constructive conversations and build relationships across the barriers that are so divisive in our country right now. As they've built their business, they've learned a lot and others are noticing, including some of Atlanta's bigger brands. We hosted a group from the brand side of Chick-fil-A down at the garage. And for us, the brand, it was a series of Hey, taking the next step in front of us. The original step was we were brewing on Mondays. What are we going to call this? Oh, it's Monday Night Brewing. A logo, our first version of that, which you'll see on the picture wall, was a monk. Thought, hey, we were kind of in a Bible study. We like Belgian beers generally. We should do a monk as our logo. And then we pretty quickly realized, like, we're brewing all kinds of beers, and it's not just Belgian beers. And we need to have a logo that actually connects to Monday Night. Eventually came up with this idea of the loosened necktie. You know, we're three white collar dudes working our jobs in the city and loosening our neckties and brewing beer on a Monday. And so we we embraced that and idea of, because the idea is you leave your job, you loosen your necktie and you enjoy a good beer and really kind of connected so many more pieces. For us, you're not drinking beer to get smashed on a Monday. You're drinking beer because you enjoy beer and you enjoy the flavor and you enjoy the, the fermentation and all these things that come from beer that are not about how much alcohol am I consuming? And then the tagline weekends are overrated. So, you know, we joke on one end that we're basically going after weekday drinkers, which is five sevenths of the market. (laughs) No one else is hitting weekday drinkers. Huge opportunity there. That at the heart of it, our brand is about consuming beer because you enjoy beer, the creativity and the community that comes from it. And that really kind of tap and let it be this exciting thing that's part of your week and part of how you commune with other people. So, With this strong foundation, we really want to know, where do they see the future of their company going? First and foremost, 
a brewery that's known for treating our people well and providing really great opportunities and a made up of like the best team in the industry. I want Monday Night Brewing to be the place where anybody who's anybody in brewing says, that's the aspirational job that I want to get. I want for this place to be making exceptional beer that's not compromised in any way, pushing the limits on everything that we're pushing, creative limits that we're growing quickly, that we're but we're growing in the right ways and for the right reasons. And I want us to be deeply embedded in our community. I want to continue to find ways to connect more deeply with Atlanta. There are ways to do that well, but for us, if that ever happens at the, ex- the expense of our core, our home of Atlanta, then we've not done our job well. It's not like a tech startup. You've got to grow, grow, grow and sell, 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 right? Or there are these pressures to have some sort of exit or to, there's a model where we can we can run this as a sustainable, healthy business that's invested in its community. There's breweries that we look up to all around the country that have done that and to say, all right, how can we be that and how can we do that? So we're not, we're not beholden to, that's the beauty of our own destiny, making our own product and hopefully doing it in a way that betters Atlanta. And their locations have become a destination for community. We can use this platform of a brewery to just do crazy, unique, and different things. We hosted a race down at the garage that was a dinosaur-themed 5K, 10K. Fernbank was there with a person in a dinosaur costume. It was hilarious and fun, and 900 people showed up on a hot Monday night to run this race and then drink beer. We have this once a month thing that we host at the garage. It's called Lit Books, Booze, Beats. And it's a DJ and then people getting up and reading different sections of poetry or former NFL pro bowler who got up and guessed for the night reading <laughs> reading poetry. And it's all these unique things that bring people into our space. The View and Brew, where we had 200 people watching the Goonies in the tap room from the neighborhood drinking beer and eating popcorn and hanging out and just enjoying a good fun movie can use what we do have cool space great beer and the ability to put on creative experiences for people that deepen human relationships which is the best beer in the country which is our purpose monday night brewing celebrates its seventh anniversary on august 4th and 5th so if you happen to be listening to this episode before their big celebration, be sure to check it out. There are a variety of passes available to celebrate their big anniversary. Check out their website for more details. This episode, we added a new feature, background music from local Atlanta band Pony Lee. Billboard says they have warm, retro acoustic sound. And I got to tell you, I like them instantly because they reminded me of Jackson Brown. Pony League has a knack for distilling real-life moments into music with guitar and piano. On this episode, we featured music from songs, Mile Marker Dance, A Picture of Your Family, and Stuck on 85, which resonated with us since, you know, this whole podcast thing got started because of our carpool adventures navigating Atlanta's traffic. These guys have performed on a moving plane for Southwest Airlines. Which seemed fitting considering how this episode got its start. They also opened for the fray at Red Rocks. And shout outs to Heather Rosenheck and Rich Glazerman for the introduction to Gus Fernandez of Pony League. 
We had such a great time recording this episode and visiting Monday Night Brewing that we thought it would be fun to host our very own happy hour with Peach and Prosperity listeners to sample some of the beers that we learned about in this episode. So stay tuned to our social media for details on a future date and time. Thanks for listening to Peach and Prosperity. Follow our audio adventures in between episodes on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And leave us a review wherever you listen. When you're stuck on 85 I know you want to talk